Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. We're going to be talking about all things business growth, brain rewiring, and climbing from a holistic point of view. You can learn more about me and follow me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You'll also find freebies for building your business, brain rewiring, and training for climbing. I am so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited to have you here. Today is a very special episode. It is the 50th podcast episode celebration. I cannot believe that it has already been 50 episodes. Sometimes I do two episodes a week, but I always at least do one episode a week. So this is a crazy big milestone. Super, super, super happy that you're here. If you've been listening since episode one, I can't believe what a journey we've been on. And if you have not yet entered the giveaway, I think you're going to want to do it. This giveaway is epic. It's stacked. I reached out to all of my friends in the industry to see if they wanted to be a part of this and people that I have loved buying from and supporting in the past. So people like Sabrina from Lady Crush Crew, we have Ray from Crag to Crux, we have Fizzy Vantage, we have Rhino Skin, and we have Tara Kaya. I absolutely love and believe in all of these companies so much. You guys have heard me talk about these brands and companies on the podcast before. These are all people that I have close and personal relationships with, so I'm really, 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 really happy that they wanted to be part of this giveaway. So there are three prize packages that you can enter to win, and it's super easy to enter. All you have to do is leave a rating and a review on iTunes. If you've already left a rating and review in the past, you can update your rating and review, and it really helps other people to find the show. It's super easy to enter. I promise you it's not going to take very long, and you'll be entered to win one of those three prize packages. So this giveaway ends on July 15th, so you still have a little bit of time to enter. You have about 10 days if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out. July 8th, you have about a week. So go ahead and get those ratings and reviews in. And as a huge thank you for listening to the show, I wanted to give you that opportunity to win some of these amazing prizes from these brands and companies that I love so much. So other updates from me, I am living my best life. It has been an awesome summer so far for me and... I've just been really taking a lot of time off in my business, restructuring the way that I run things, the way that things work with my business. And for me, the first year of my business was kind of like all about the hustle and really getting the foundations down, making sure I had good systems in place and really doing a lot of one-on-one coaching, a lot of group programs, and a lot of just like, I was working a lot. So to be able to take some steps back and take some time off and actually be able to go on climbing trips and have some time in space, it feels amazing. Like, I cannot tell you the difference between this year and last year has been immense, and I can absolutely tell I'm happier, I have more time, I feel better, I feel healthier. So it really is, like, it's so easy, I think, to get caught up in the hustle and the day-to-day activities, but just kind of reminding yourself why you do these things in the first place. I mean, anything. It can be your business, it can be climbing. Like, why is it that you wanted to do that thing in the first place is such a good reminder to come back to periodically and make sure that you are really examining the way that you're running things and ask asking yourself, like, does this align with that why in the first place? So just wanted to share that in case you needed that message um, to kind of, like, slow down and dip out of hustle culture because, honestly, like, living life, like, that's what this is all about. So 
for me to be able to take some climbing trips, and I have a lot of trips planned in the next couple of weeks. So going back to Riggins, Idaho, I'll have already gone on this trip by the time that you listen to that podcast. Riggins is amazing. It is super steep, um, at least in the amphitheater anyway. There's a couple different areas there. Super steep, drilled pockets, really fun, really gymnastic, really physical. It's going to make you super sore. So really excited to head back there to climb again. It kind of is like reminds me of like this old school climbing style where all the grades feel really stiff and you're like, oh my god, my ego hurts right now. You kind of have to take that step back and just really like work your way back up through the grades again, which is totally fine. I kind of need that perspective change every once in a while and to kind of like remind me like this is why we do this this is for fun you know it's not about all about the grades and the grade chasing you know it is nice to have those wins every once in a while which I'm absolutely going to be talking about today closing out a three-year project of mine and was able to do that yesterday on the 4th of July you know I'm recording this a little bit early so you guys will kind of have a few days between then and now to listen but for me being able to take more trips and really lean into that climber side that I've always wanted to have the flexibility and freedom to do so. So going to Riggins and then going to Minnesota for a few brief days to visit some family. It's my grandma's 80th birthday, so get to have some family time there. Coming back, spending one day in Spokane, and then heading right out to Ten Sleep. So really packed schedule, staying in tent sleep for almost two weeks. So I'll be there on July 13th. Also, if you're there at the same time as me, please come and say hi. I absolutely love it when people come say hi to me. It makes my day, especially if I've worked with you before. Even if I haven't, if you follow me on Instagram, if you're a podcast listener, like come say hi. I love it. Absolutely love it. Introduce yourself. Come pet my dog. He'll absolutely be there. So really excited about that. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to get on in tent sleep yet. Taking recommendations for that. My my friend was like, you should put out a call to uh, get short, friendly routes in 10 sleep. And I was like, I don't need short, friendly routes. I'm fine. But if you do have route recommendations anywhere in the 511 to 513 plus range, would love to hear them. I'm really excited. I think I'm just going to go with the intention of knocking out quite a few 512s. And if I find a 513 project that I'm excited about, then maybe I'll put some time in to work on that. But other than that, you know, I really accomplished a huge goal of mine uh, yesterday, so I don't feel a ton of pressure to have this be more of a performance trip. Like, I really do want this to be fun. I want to climb a lot. I want to get a lot of exposure and, you know, just really start to learn how to climb on this different style because, for me, limestone isn't something that I necessarily feel like, oh, yeah, I'm awesome at that type of climbing. So, getting used to a new style and really just having fun with it. So, pretty excited about that. That will be my longest climbing trip that I've ever Ever gone on to date. Hopefully I'll have more of those in the future as my business becomes more mobile and just checking out the Wi-Fi situation and everything. So once I learn that, then I will probably feel a little bit more confident taking longer trips. Um, for me, I'm not taking any calls or doing any coaching or responding to any client messages during that time, which is a first for me. Um, for that 
amount of time anyway, which is really exciting. It's kind of a little scary, but it's also going to be really, really good so that I'll come back to my business totally refreshed. And right after that, I am relaunching Synergy, which is my group brain rewiring program. Holy shit, I am so excited for this one. I had such a good response. I had such great feedback from the first round that I absolutely cannot wait to bring this into the world again. So we're going to be starting that launch. You'll be able to join the waitlist in August if you like are like, yes, this is the program. I absolutely need this. Then you'll be able to join early if you want, and we get started on September 13th. This is a 12-week group program. You'll have recorded modules that you listen to, and then we have a live group discussion weekly. Super, super excited that this is going to be coming back, and honestly, like, I cannot wait to run this program again. It has been one of my absolute favorite experiences, really being able to dive deep into the brain, things like inner child healing, trauma healing. We have shadow work. Like there's just, there's so much involved. The rounds themselves, over the next couple of weeks, I'll be sharing real life interviews with people that have gone through Synergy. I'm going to be interviewing a, our, we're going to call her our resident breathwork expert in Synergy. Her name's Lisa. You guys are absolutely going to love her. I'll be sharing interviews about brain rewiring so that you can really get a good taste of the process and for me, I really love sharing these interviews that are super authentic. We didn't talk about anything before these interviews, and they're totally just like off the cuff. Um, me asking them questions, what they liked, what they struggled with, their experience, and I think you guys are going to get a very realistic sense of what it's like to be in Synergy. So I'm really excited to share those interviews in the coming weeks, and I think that they're going to give a very authentic take on what it's like to go through the process. So let's go ahead and dive into today's topic. So we're going to do kind of like a two-part type of thing. So the first part of this is I'm going to kind of go over what it feels like and my experience on closing out a three-year sport climbing project. Like when I say it, I'm like holding my hands to my face right Right now I'm like oh my god it really was three years like this project was in the back of my mind for three years and it was one of those things to where right after I finished this route it felt like it was complete I felt good I was like nope we don't need to do that again you know sometimes it takes a little bit for things to sink in and for you to really realize like oh my god I did that things for me that happened with my first v10 but for this route in particular it took me more tries. So this route is a 13A. It's located in Deep Creek in Spokane, Washington. It's called Bitten or The Bitten, whatever you want to call it. It is heinously hard. Um, for me, this route took me more tries than the other 513s that I have sent combined. Like this was a crazy amount of effort. I spent almost two entire seasons working on this route. I got it to the point two years ago um, before I moved to Salt Lake City when I was still living in Spokane where I would get up there, I'd get to the crux, I would fall off, I would do a one hang. I think I did 30 plus separate one hangs on this project. So the emotional toll that it was taking on me was immense. I was like totally overcome by it and it was like it was really taking its toll on me. Like it was hard to sleep, it was hard to eat, I was second guessing all of my decisions, like, oh my gosh, if I eat this, then I'm gonna, gonna, am I gonna perform well? I wasn't training because I didn't want to be, you know, more tired because I really wanted to send this route. And then being that focused on a singular sport climb where that's literally the only thing you're doing over and over again, 
you know, there's some benefit to it, I think, for sure. But when you spend that long on something, I think for me, it was like almost four to six weeks of effort two years ago. You do get weaker. Like, yes, you might be really strong on that specific route, but overall, if you're not doing other things like bouldering or hangboarding or getting on different routes, like, yes, you're going to be better on that one route, but overall, your strength is probably going to go down. So for me, I, you know, I ended the season two years ago without a send, and I tried that route a little bit previously prior to that at the end of the season the year before, and was like, oh, okay, cool, this will make a cool project for the next year, but, you know, didn't end up sending it two years ago and then I moved away from Spokane to Salt Lake for a year, didn't get on it for a year, and then at the beginning of this season, I knew that that was going to be one of my primary objectives, and I wanted to really do that route because there's a harder route that shares the same finish with the same crux called Quiver. It's a 13C, and I knew ultimately that was going to be my goal, so, you know, I wanted to kind of tick off this 13A. I was feeling a lot stronger than I had, you know, two or three years previously, and really thought I had a good chance of doing that quick and then being able to work on Quiver for kind of like the remainder of the season. You know, it's a very, very pumpy, very difficult route, but I thought I had a really good chance at it. So I just wanted to like, again, tick off that 13A so that it would give me a little bit of confidence. And <laughs> what it turned into was actually kind of like red pointing, falling at the same spot, doing this, the same one hangs with the same beta that I had been using. And my boyfriend kind of pointed out to me like, hey, maybe it's time to switch your beta because it doesn't appear that you're sending with that beta that you're using. It was like a huge dead point move. There's a mono, there's a couple pockets. It's really overhung. It's actually really scary too, in my opinion. Um, there's a draw at the very top that most people don't clip just because it is quite difficult to clip it. You either have to clip off of kind of like this really sketchy undercling or this other like slopey little crimp. And so most people just end up skipping it and they take a big whip if they fall off. For me, super not interested in doing that. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to figure out a way to clip this just because mentally I'm going to have a lot more confidence to be able to climb above my bolt on this and I actually end up doing a double toe hook to heel hook over a roof over the lip to climb up over the roof to finish the route. So for me that's a very committing move and I wanted to feel as safe as possible while doing that. So figuring out a way to clip that bolt and I actually ended up changing my beta just a couple weeks ago and you know using different holds with different hands and you know it took it was a learning curve to relearn essentially a different way to do this route and it ended up working better than the original beta. For me, it was a higher percentage chance. It did suck a little bit to feel like I was backtracking in the route because I was going from one hangs to then falling pretty, pretty low on the crux, but once I figured it out, it really did help my confidence knowing that I had a better chance of sending the route once I actually got up there because it was going to be higher percentage. I really just needed to tap into that try hard. So for me, this route taught me so many lessons. It it really took me probably to, I think, the deepest emotional depths that I've been to on any singular route. Um, a, about a week ago, I kind of like lost it on this route. I fell off... Um, 
going to the anchors, like almost clipping the anchors. I was two moves below it. I was so pumped. And it was one of those things where I had like my feet over the lip and I was going for the jug and just like couldn't even hold on anymore, fell off. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm never going to do this route. Like if I didn't just do it then, it's never going to happen. Got really down on myself, you know, was crying a lot. And it just really reminded me that like, okay, yes, this is supposed to be fun, but also like maybe sometimes it's a good idea to set an end date. So for me, I actually did set my end date as July 4th, you know, uh, going on all these trips and everything. I wanted to make sure that I was going to have enough time and space to pack and do all my work stuff. So I set that end date and it was something where like, yeah, if it doesn't happen now, that's okay. You know, maybe it'll happen next season, maybe back in August, like can return to it, whatnot. But setting that end date, I think, was really important because it allowed me to unattach from the outcome a little bit. Like, yes, I still want to do it, but also I need to, like, preserve my sanity. And this isn't the only thing that matters in life. So it was really cool to be able to finish that route off on the last day. It was actually on my warm-up burn. So that was my first route of the day. And for me, I know I have a really good chance of sending routes on my warm-up burn as my warm-up because the style that we have kind of here in Spokane and Deep Creek, it lends itself really well to just warming up on the route. Typically, the beginning of the routes is a little bit easier, and then it gets harder and harder throughout the moves as you go up the wall. So I was able to warm up on that and ended up doing it. Was in a total flow state, didn't have any issues, felt chill, felt easy, and I was like, hmm, well, would you look at that? So you just give yourself a little bit of, I think, breathing room might be a good way to put it. And for me to kind of take that step back and say like, yep, okay, you know, I'm maybe making this mean a lot more about my worth than I need it to. I've been through brain rewiring. I've been through lots of things. I work with numerous different coaches on detaching worth from not only climbing, but business and everything else as well. And just knowing that like, yep, I'm still a work in progress. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I do still get caught up in that. And, you know, essentially like, what are you making this mean about yourself? So for me to set that end date was really important empowering. I had done that two years ago as well when I was doing all those one hangs. I remember the date. It was like August 18th was my end date and I didn't end up doing it. And because of that, I think it was sitting in the back of my head kind of as this little thing that would like dig at my confidence a little bit. So it's not the hardest route that I've ever sent, but it's definitely the most difficult. And I'm not sure if that's just because of my height or because of how bouldery it is at the top or because it is kind of fucking terrifying. Um, maybe all of those factors combined. Um, I've climbed multiple 513Bs and this route, for whatever reason, felt the hardest. Like, again, it took me way more tries on that route than any other 13s that I've sent combined. So keeping that in perspective too, and sometimes I think we can get really frustrated with ourselves being like, well, this isn't even the hardest thing I've ever done and kind of letting that bleed into how we approach the route and how hard we're willing to try. For me, this route took literally everything. It took dialing in absolutely every single move down to was I able to breathe? Would I exhale on that move? Would I chalk up? Would I do a micro adjustment? Like everything was super dialed on this route in order for me to be able to send it, which 
can be really cool, but also, again, can take a big toll because you're kind of like singularly focused on this goal so much, which can be a cool state to be in, you know, having like a laser focus. But I would argue that sometimes the other parts of your life, you know, kind of suffer for that. And maybe it's one of those things to where it's like it's good for a short period of time to do that. But once you start extending it out longer and longer, that's when it can really start to take its toll. So for me to be able to send this route yesterday, like it really meant a lot to me. It also taught me a lot of lessons to where, yep, I still have some work to do in separating my worth from my performance. You know, again, whether that's business or climbing or being a girlfriend or whatever it is, a family member. And still remembering to to do that work because it, it's continually important. It's important to show up for yourself and it's important to, to look at the deeper lessons within the things that we're doing. So I'm just like, I'm so relieved that it's finally done and it's finally over. Like it really does feel like I'm able to close that chapter. I'm really excited to work on the 513C version. And I think for me, mentally knowing that 513C is not a grade that I've climbed before yet, knowing that, yep, okay, that top section's still up there. It's still probably going to be very difficult, but knowing like, okay, yep, this is a whole new grade range, I think changes the entire perspective on it. So instead of just trying to do a new 513A, it's now doing something that I've never done before. So for me, in my mind, it's easier to tell myself, well, no wonder it's hard. You know, no wonder it's going to be something that you might fall off of quite a bit. So really looking forward to getting on that, hopefully in August, if not next year as well. You know, I'm not going to rush the process. I've got plenty of time. The route <laughs> isn't going anywhere. We hope so anyway. Um, there was one point two years ago where a massive tree fell over in the park onto the top of the route. So some of the branches were kind of like sticking out and people had to come like saw it down later. So, you know, the route's probably not going anywhere. So I don't need to rush the process. And for me, it really feels like I can just like relax now. One of my friends messaged me and he's like, great, now you can just focus on the road and focus on tent sleep and I was like you're absolutely right like that is what it feels like it feels like it opened up a lot of possibility for me and to just really be able to chill like everything else now feels like a bonus and it feels really good to I haven't climbed 513 in about three years uh so it feels nice to kind of be back to that level not that I necessarily needed this route to define me as a 513 climber, but because last year when I was living in Salt Lake, usually I sport climb in the summer. It just didn't feel right last year, so I didn't really project. I, I tried a couple of things down in Maple Canyon and American Fork, and it just like it just didn't feel good with what was happening, so I didn't spend very much time sport climbing. I kind of trained throughout the entire summer and chose to shift my priorities, so for me to come back this year and do that, it feels really good, especially right before a big trip. So hopefully that was helpful for you, me, sharing my experience with this. Really, really stoked to have done it. Um, it feels like a big milestone. It kind of feels like it's like one of those routes where you, it's like a test piece. You go to the crag and it's like, this thing is scary and it's really hard. You know, maybe it's not that hard for everybody, but for me, it was definitely like by far the hardest thing that I feel like I've ever done. It's just a very bouldery 
crux happening up there. Uh, that's if you want to come try it, let me know. I got tons of beta. I know how to do the crux sequence three different ways, um, which is probably more than anybody needs to know how to do a crux sequence. But it's super fun. Really glad that I was able to close that out. And I want to also today do some listener Q&A because it's the 50th episode. I asked for questions over on Instagram. I got some really great ones. So I'm excited to dive into these questions. <laughs> Before we hop on into the questions, I want to tell you guys about the coffee that I drink every single morning without fail. So for me, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my caffeine journey. So I was somebody that got a lot of anxiety from drinking caffeine in the past. The panic and the anxiety that came with that. For me, I hit a certain point where I was experiencing panic attacks in the morning because I was drinking cold brew and then I'd probably have another coffee later in the day and it was just like, it was too much for me. So I cut out all coffee for about almost two years and I just drank matcha exclusively. And you know, matcha's good, but it's it's not coffee. It's it's good, but it's not, it's not the same thing. So being able to reintroduce coffee back into my morning routine, I was a little hesitant because I was like, nope, no way, I don't wanna go back to that place. You know, I like where I'm at right now. But I really did miss coffee, the smell, the taste, everything. Oh, it was just, yeah, one of those things where I was like, okay, we're gonna experiment and if it doesn't work, I'll go right back to what I was doing. And Four Sigmatic actually makes this mushroom elixir coffee. So it is instant coffee. And yes, I know instant coffee, we'll get to it, but it's instant coffee with functional mushrooms and it tastes so freaking good. I absolutely love it. I drink the one with chaga, which is great for immunity and wellness. I also really love their one with lion's mane. Lion's mane is a mushroom that's great for clarity, for cognitive brain function as well. And I'm, I drink one of these packets every single morning. I love it. They only have 50 milligrams of caffeine. There's no spike. There's no crash. All you do is you open the packet, you put it in hot water. For me, I mix in collagen and my favorite non-dairy creamer, which is usually the nut pods, French vanilla. Love that stuff. It tastes so good. I mix it all up and I have my favorite coffee. I also absolutely love this for camping trips. It's so, so easy to bring. Um, for me, I'm just not somebody that wants to like mess around with the grounds a lot and sit there and weigh it on my scale. I know a lot of people really love doing that style of things with their coffee. But for me, I just like it pre-measured. It's super easy. Open the packet, put it in water. It tastes awesome. And again, I was like skeptical of adding coffee back in and I was skeptical of the instant coffee part because if you've had some instant coffees, you know they are not very good, but this one is actually delicious. It is seriously so good. Highly recommend it. Cannot wait to drink this in the mornings. Like it's seriously, I look forward to this every single morning. I highly recommend the Four Sigmatic mushroom elixirs with the coffee. They also have other product. They have just mushrooms. So they have a chaga one, a reishi one, which is great for sleep and relaxation. They have a lion's mane one. They have a cordyceps one, which is great for not only giving you natural energy without caffeine, but it's also great for recovering from exercise. I'm really, really, really excited to be part of the Four Sigmatic 
Fanatic team and to be able to offer you guys a discount. So you can use discount code LADYBETA, all one word, caps for 10% off. These are I, part of my everyday, every single day routine. <laughs> if I'm like really loving life, I'm doing the coffee in the morning. I usually do their lion's mane midday and then I do the reishi at night to help me relax, especially if I've had a long day of coaching, a long day of looking at my screens. Right now I'm wearing my blue blockers to kind of help with the light exposure, but that drink really helps me calm and wind down at night. If you guys want to try these, highly recommend it. Like I absolutely love these products. They have been such a game changer for me to be able to switch to coffee that not only makes me feel good, but I know it's giving me additional benefits from the mushrooms as well. Mushrooms are not a new thing, but I think they are exploding onto the scene and more people are becoming privy to the benefits of mushrooms. So again, if you want to try these products, you can use code LADYBETA, all one word, for 10% off. You can order this online at foursigmatic.com. And my favorite product is the mushroom coffee elixir with lion's mane that would be the one that you can start out with they have it in an instant coffee version they also do have beans that you can grind yourself as well if that's the route that you want to go for that I will put a link in the show notes to where you can learn more about Four Sigmatic. They have a really great website. They have a ton of educational guides, resources that you can use, and the founder, Taro, does an amazing job of spreading the message of the benefits of mushroom to everybody he can get his hands on. So really excited to be part of this team, of this mission, and I really hope that you guys love these products as much as I do. Okay, let's hop on into these listener questions. So first question is, have I increased my training lately? And if so, how not to get injured? So I loved this question because I actually have decreased my training lately. Uh, Again, because I've been so laser focused on sending this one singular route and I kept feeling so close for so long, I've probably felt like I could send it at any point in time over the last three plus weeks, maybe a month. So I'm kind of trying to conserve my energy. I still do work with a climbing coach and I have a question about who my current coaches are. I'm still working with Galena. She's amazing. Highly recommend her. She does such an awesome job of creating custom training programs and I've been working with her and, you know, doing a little bit less than what she's programming for me. Love you, Galena. But for me, it just felt like the right choice. And the second part of this question is how not to get injured is really just remembering what your priorities are. So for me, like it was my priority to send this sport route. And in August, I'm going to ramp back up with training again for the next couple of weeks. I'm just going to focus on climbing and having fun. I always think that there's a time and a place to prioritize different things, whether that's training, climbing outside, maybe you can have a combination of both. So maybe during the weekdays you train and then on the weekends you go out and climb and project and it's it works really well that way for a lot of people that works well for me during like the fall season so I have not increased training lately and just kind of remember too that like especially in the beginning if you're training like it is going to make you more tired your body's adapting there's different stress happening so just kind of remembering like is it more of a priority to perform or 
Or are you in a period of time where you can actually build a base, build your strength, and it's okay if your performance is a little bit less than what you're used to? So no, I have not increased training and I felt really good with that. You know, I've still been doing a couple runs, a couple core workouts, some hangboarding, but mainly it really has just been putting three burns in per time that I go climbing on this one singular route. So next question is, is it still possible to climb with arthritis? And, you know, I'm not a doctor, so you would absolutely have to consult with your medical professional or if you have a team of professionals on this, but I absolutely do think so. I think that there are things that you can do, like maybe you take more rest days than other people. Maybe you have a better or more tailored or customized warm-up routine and or cool-down routine that combines some exercises that increase mobility for you. I think it's really important to, you know, climbing is such kind of like a new sport that it's it's probably so easy for people to say like, oh, just don't do that thing. You know, like a lot of the times if you're injured and you go to like the general doctor, they're like, mm, yeah, maybe just stop climbing and that'll, that'll heal, that'll get better. And we know in reality that like a lot of the times doing movements, so it's like essentially like how much can you still climb without hitting that pain threshold? So finding where your threshold is at and knocking it back a little bit. So maybe if five days a week of climbing for you and maybe it's all bouldering on the moon board doesn't make you feel very good and actually gives you a flare-up, maybe we take it back to two more moon board sessions and one session of ropes or maybe it's like a capacity session. So really playing with what intensity and volume feels good for you. And for me, that's the main question with training in the first place is, you know, what's what's the intensity that I can handle and how many times a week can I handle that intensity? So those are the variables I think that you're going to want to play with. Keeping really good notes to make sure that you know and you can look back on, okay, I didn't feel very great at the end of this week. Maybe let's try to reduce the intensity so that you have at least something to go off of when you try to tweak some of those variables. And also making sure that you're incorporating deload weeks, um, week or weeks. It can be one week, two weeks. Um, for me, I usually do a at least two singular weeks throughout the year. So usually in August and one in December where I take completely off of climbing and training August because it's hot AF and December because usually the holidays and travel and things like that, you know, just make it kind of difficult to keep up with that. And I think that that's a really good reset. I highly recommend that to most everybody just because because it's good to take a break. Yes, we love it, but it's also good to come back feeling refreshed and to kind of give your body that full week of rest. So I definitely still think it's possible to climb with arthritis. I think if you aren't getting the answers that you want from your medical professional team, it's time to find a new provider. Because if you have this thing that you love to do, who is somebody else to tell you not to do it? I think there's always an answer. There's always a solution. Um, I highly recommend working with either Tyler Nelson of C4HP or Natasha Barnes. They are both amazing at what they do they help athletes climb you know through varying things pain physical therapy and really help them return to the sports that they love I think it's important to have somebody that listens to you and also important to have somebody that knows the sport of climbing because we know it's not like anything else so if you're not getting the answers that you want, would highly recommend checking out either of them. And I will leave links to their Instagram pages in the show notes if you guys have not already been following them. I think most people now are familiar with both Tyler and Natasha, but if you haven't yet, they're great resources. Third question is longevity and climbing. 
this person is 50 and they want to keep improving? Love this question. I know there are so many crushers out there. I'm thinking of one in particular. Her name is Maggie Odette. She is such a crusher and she just continues to get better and better as she ages. I've known Maggie for quite a few years now and she is somebody that just like her tenacity is insane. Like she will just laser focus. She will like project the shit out of a route until she does it. It's super impressive. And what I would say too is I know her and her partner Chuck are pretty strict about the days that they climb. I think it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and they rest all the other days. So yeah, maybe they climb three days a week, but it works for them. It feels good for them. It comes back to that intensity, the volume piece. So I really do think it's possible to climb quite hard into older ages, but it's the intensity and the volume. You might have to dial both of those back so that you can have that performance that you want. Again, keeping something like a training journal might be really helpful and beneficial here so that you can really consult and say, like, how did I feel this week compared to last week? You know, when do I want to peak in my performance? Would also recommend hiring a coach. Like, honestly, for me, this has been one of the biggest game changers. Like, I just show up to do my workout. I do it and I'm done. I don't have to think about it. And getting somebody that will work with you, your specific goals, where you're at in life, somebody that has a lot of experience with this as well. So absolutely, I think you can keep improving, making sure that you you are focusing on your, quote, weaknesses or things that you tend to avoid. So for me personally, that would be like slab, oof, yikes, and little tiny crimps. Those are not the things that I'm great at. I'm more, (laughs) I'm better at doing things that are overhung, big moves, jugs, things like that. But making sure that you are continually challenging yourself to do the things that you don't like and you don't feel like you're good at because that is where you'll see the biggest improvements. Next question, who my current coaches are? This is such a fun question, too, because I actually have a a lot of coaches right now. Um, We'll be paring down soon, but had a lot of things that I wanted to work on, and I think my intuition was telling me to have coaches to support me through this period of time as I transition with my business and some life and personal things as well. So just finished a six-month mastermind with one of my coaches, Christina, for business. She has been massively helpful for me. So I was in the seven-figure elite mastermind, and I really loved being a part of that. It taught me how to run a better group program. I'm excited because we have a retreat in Tahoe in August, so really looking forward to actually meeting everybody in person that was in that mastermind. It was a smaller mastermind, so I'm excited. It was really intimate. Got a lot of great support and advice in that group. So Christina has been an awesome resource. I've worked on and off with her for the last about year-ish, and she has just been somebody that's really pushed and expanded me a ton. It's been such a great experience with her. One of my other coaches, her name is Whitney. She specializes in alignment and shadow work, and honestly, she asks really fucking great questions. I love working with Whitney, and I actually wanted to join her mastermind, but we decided I'd be a better fit for one-on-one coaching, so we talk a lot about business strategy. We talk a lot about the energetics behind business, because when you get into higher levels of business, like, yep, strategy is awesome, but unless you're dealing with your past trauma, your wounds, like, as a solopreneur, somebody that's showing up day-to-day in your business, like, your past experience really matters because it's going to affect the way that you do or don't show up. It's going to affect the way that you communicate with people, your energy, the people that you attract in. Like, it really matters. So, I've really loved working with Whitney. She has been so eye-opening to me. She is really good at being a mirror. So, me telling her things and then she's like, okay, 
just want to reflect this back to you. So you said this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, yes, yes, I did. I get that now. I'm able to draw more connection points from it. And my third coach that I'm working with, her name is Sinead. We're working on healing some trauma. She was the one that, like, my intuition knew I needed some help. At the point in time, I was, like, doing, quote, okay. I didn't know that I was going to be going through some stuff. So I'm really glad that I've had her support with trauma healing in synergy and brain rewiring. And she's just such a, she's so magical. Like, she's awesome to work with. I've absolutely loved working with her, and she has been such a supportive person. She really knows how to hold space. Again, she's a great mirror as well. She's also in the six-month mastermind that I just finished up, so it's really fun to be able to not only be in a mastermind with her, but then to be able to work with her as my coach as well. And then my last coach, as I mentioned, is Galena. She's my climbing coach. I fucking love her. She does such a good job. She writes amazing climbing plans and it's so inspiring to me to just be able to show up and do the workout and be done and not have to worry about it because as a climbing coach myself, yes, absolutely, I can write these workouts and I'm really good at it, but I don't want to. I want somebody else to do that for me. So, all of my coaches at this point are women. I love paying women. I love being able to work with women and get support in that way. It feels really good for me, especially as somebody who has a history. Um, I don't feel this way anymore, but I used to view other women as competition, and now it's just been so fun to be able to work with these women, pay them, and feel so good about that transaction, and be able to, on the other side, benefit from all their knowledge, skills, and expertise. It's been it's been such an awesome experience. So I have four coaches right now that won't continue for forever. And for me, I'm always just kind of looking at, you know, what's what fits for where I'm at right now. I'm called to different programs or coaches for different reasons. And, you know, again, not going to have four coaches for forever, but for right now, that's where it's at. Next question is something that I've grown out of lately. This is such a good question. And the, the gal that asked this question, she always asks really good ones. So I really had to like sit down and think about this one and ask myself, like, what have I grown out of lately? And I think my answer for this one is going to be people pleasing. So people pleasing is something that, you know, I thought I was like, I never did it. I thought I was totally over it because as an Enneagram 8 and rebel, you know, it's just like not one of the things that drives my life. Um, for me, I typically do have pretty good boundaries. Every once in a while, I need to do some rework on the boundaries. But most of the time, it's pretty good in that sense. But I kind of slipped back into people-pleasing just because running a business, like, yes, it's service-oriented. So trying to be, like, so flexible to the point of where I was, like, almost burning myself out. So being able to take a step back from that, look at that, and really ask myself, like, where is this decision coming from? Where, like, what energetics am I saying and putting out into the world if I say yes to this, if I say no to this, and making me uphold my boundaries better? So, people-pleasing, I think that type of energy, like, it's just trying to, like, get people to like us, and it's often, like, betraying our own selves in order for that to happen. So, for me, like, standing strong in what I value in the outcome that I'm willing to work and making sure that I'm preserving my mental sanity. Like it's been, it's been a game changer. So it's a work in progress, but that's something that I've definitely been stepping out of lately and stepping more into having healthy boundaries and having time off in my business. Okay, last question. These have been so fun. These I've got 
I always get great questions from you guys. And if you ever have a question for the podcast as well, you can head over to my website, ladybetacoaching.com, and there is a tab where you can actually submit a question for the podcast, especially if you want it to be a little bit longer topic. You can go in, submit a question, and I'll talk about it on here. So last question is, what do I tell myself when I'm climbing at my limit? And this is very relevant because I was just doing that for the last couple of weeks and just reminding myself like, okay, it could go today. It could not go today. Doesn't mean anything about me if it does or doesn't. And really just saying like, for me, it's always, I'm not afraid of falling anymore when I care more about sending. And that's what I tell myself. You know, I'm climbing at my limit. This is what I love to do. I'm thankful I'm not injured. I'm thankful for this healthy body. I'm thankful that I get to try really, really hard. And I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to go out and to rock climb. So again, just kind of like remembering your why and remembering that like you just love to do this in the first place. Like it's just, it's fun. It's meant to be fun. Yes, there's some some stress involved sometimes, but I really just come back to like, I'm thankful. I'm very grateful. And usually that's what I tell myself. I tell myself that it's okay to fall. It's okay to take. It's okay to do all of these things. And sometimes it's just a slow ass process. Sometimes it just takes a really long time and that's okay too. So I really hoped that you guys loved this episode. Happy 50th podcast episode. So exciting that we have been here for 50 episodes. I cannot wait for the next 50 episodes. Hopefully I'll do an even bigger and better giveaway, which is another reminder. If you have not yet and you got to the end of this podcast, go leave a rating and a review. So important. It helps other people find the show. It helps me. You'll get entered for the kick-ass giveaway that I have. And that is all that I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining and I will talk to you next episode. Episode.